Hello and welcome to The Construction Revolution, the podcast that's leading the charge for change in the construction industry. I'm Maria Coulter, The Construction Coach, and I'm on a mission to bring positive lasting change. As an industry, we're crying out for greater profit margins, cash that actually flows, a more diverse and inclusive culture. We need companies to value themselves and their people. We need greater leadership. We need teams that trust each other and less stress. Oh, and we also have the small matter of the skills gap to solve as well. During this podcast series, I'm going to be talking to pioneers from within our industry who are doing things differently to solve these issues. I'm also going to be bringing you fresh ideas and perspectives from outside of the industry to inspire and guide you in bringing about some much needed change. As Henry Ford said, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. It's time for a revolution. Are you ready to join me? Welcome to episode six of the Construction Revolution. Recent statistics state that we need 40,000 people a year to join our industry to fulfill the pipeline of work that we have. On top of that, we have an aging workforce as well. In 2017, stroke 18, approximately 19,000 people started apprenticeships in construction. But can you guess how many finished? 12,000 completed them. So somewhere along the way, we lost 7,000 apprentices. Becoming a youth-friendly employer could help companies attract and retain more young people. It could also help with schools' engagement. This week, I'm speaking to Laura Jane Rawlings, founder and CEO of Youth Employment UK, a not-for-profit organisation set up in 2011 when we had one million young people, NEET, which stands for Not in Education, Employment or Training. And did you know that young people are three times more likely to be unemployed as any other group. Youth Employment UK's ethos is that all young people should be able to fulfil their potential. Find out in this podcast what the barriers are to engaging with young people and how to become a youth-friendly employer. Welcome, Laura Jane, to The Construction Revolution. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about Youth Employment UK, just so that everybody sort of understands where you're from. Sure. Okay. And thank you so much for thinking of me and and inviting me to to share some insight with you guys today. Uh, So Youth Employment UK is a not-for-profit social enterprise. We were set up back in 2011, officially 2012, when the level of youth unemployment had risen to all-time records. So back in 2011, you might remember the headlines, we had a million young people meet and NEET is an acronym for Not In Education, Employment or Training. And that was the highest levels that we'd ever had. So kind of following on from the recession, it was, you know, there was a lot of um, structural challenges happening at the time. And young people, you know, post-recession, during a recession, at times when we um, see, see challenges within the economy, young people as a group are more often at risk. Um, and still today, despite the numbers coming down, young people as a group are three times more likely to be unemployed than any other age group. And if you then look within that youth space and you look at those young people from disadvantaged backgrounds, those people from baby communities or with disabilities, they're even further disadvantaged um, than their their non-disadvantaged peers within the youth space. So youth unemployment is is at the heart of what we do. Um, You know, our value is that we really believe that all young people should be able to fulfill their potential. We know the world of work is hugely exciting and actually young people are brilliantly skilled. They come with so much so much to give to to employers and it's it's um a little bit 
trying to bridge that disconnect and, and, and really understanding what the barriers are. So our organization um, is youth-led. We have a youth board. We work with young people all the time. We have a reach of over 70,000 young people a month. Um, this year, we'll, we'll reach more than 800,000 young people online through our information services that we provide them. But what we do is we go out to young people um, in their spaces and places to understand what their real barriers and their real challenges are. And then we use that their insights to work with employers to help employers you know, remove those barriers, connect to young people, but we also use that insight to lobby government for changes. Um, and and there's, there's, of course, lots particularly now going on that um, you know, has, has an effect on young people, so stagnant social mobility, um, further you know, increases in disadvantaged communities, and, and you know, all the things that are coming our way. So, so we do a lot with government. As an organisation, we work with um, Department for Work and Pensions, Department for Education, and we work with the Cabinet Office. Um, and we're involved in lots and lots of different projects around youth and youth employment. And what is it like? What are the challenges? Like, you know, what are the the common themes that are sort of coming out from from the work that you are doing that is actually causing, you know, the the, the unemployment with these young people? Sure. So, so youth unemployment is is so complex. I mean, it's been an issue for years and years and years. And throwing money at it isn't hasn't proven to be the full solution. So. Structurally, there are issues around the types of education being provided to young people, the pathways that are available to them, and there are structural issues around place-based employment. So, you know, if you live in rural communities and there aren't bus services for you, it can be very difficult to, to you know, get the right transport to be able to find the opportunities. So, so there are some real structural issues that, that, that kind of sit within the responsibility of the government. And then for young people themselves, what they will often report to us and, and the most common themes over our last seven years have been that they just don't know what careers exist. Uh, you know, you talk to any young person that you know and if you're lucky they might not be able to name you 10 different jobs and that'll be the jobs that mum and dad does or name a teacher, police officer, the things that they see around them in their lives because they're just not having that world of work really opened up to them enough for them to kind of grasp the, the potential that there are in so many different sectors, yours being one of them. Um, you know, as, as the technology is changing your sector, it's less about, you know, um, grit and, grit and um, hard work out in the, the streets, build, you know, building houses, and it, it's becoming much more um, advanced, as we know, mm. and there are new jobs coming that attract lots of different talent and skills into your sector, as well as, well as kind of more traditional roles, and young people have got no idea. Um, so, so for them, it's a lot about not knowing what careers exist. They don't feel very confident in their skills. You know, they hear a lot that they don't have the right skills for employment. We see that in regular national reports about um, this youth generation not being prepared for the world of work. But actually, during the education system, most young people aren't getting work experience. There aren't Saturday jobs. So they're, they're not building up those softer skills mm. in a way. So, so employers are expecting young people to present with great communication or teamwork skills. And actually, they're not things that are natural natural in most parts of the curriculum is being taught so 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 there is the skills issue the careers issue and and most young people find that having a lack of work experience is a barrier to employment because employers are looking for work experience on a young person's cv and um, but that's a cycle because if you can't get that paper around anymore where do you start with your first layers of work experience yeah that that's true and how are you how do you start to sort of um break down some of those barriers because I imagine there's a few different 
like touch points and and interventions potentially that's needed to start to 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 break down the barriers and the challenges and you're so right i mean there is so much going on actually there's some amazing initiatives you know the the government are doing lots of lots of reforms you know you've seen the you know your sector will be well versed in the apprenticeship levy you'll know you'll know about the t levels that are coming so government are looking at the ways in which education is being served to young people um there there are initiatives around sort of workplace support and supported internships and and lots of things different things happening there are charities all over the country doing you know work with young people there are still some parts of the career service that are working so some schools are getting it but what we've got is this really kind of muddled and complex and patchy landscape and so it's really hard imagine being a a 16 17 year old that hasn't had careers advice perhaps comes with um, parents that can't support them to make good careers decisions because they've had limited experience of the work where do you go? What do you do? How do you start? And so um, on hearing those issues from young people, we took the decision back in 2017 to build a online platform, a skills and a careers platform, so that young people could get free access to all this really great information, to signposting to great sectors and all the different careers that exist. And if I can, I I will show you a little bit of that website that we've we've developed. um, because it's such a great resource and we now have over 70,000 young people a month coming to us because they're looking for careers help, they're looking for careers inspiration, they want to know which employers and which sectors are recruiting, um, which employers certainly have got good recruitment practice for young people and have got good opportunities. So this is our careers hub and we focus, you know, we provide information on every kind of dominant sector. We've of course got a construction sector and um, young people can come into any of these areas and find out um, what the um, construction job, you know, the job trends are, what the earning potential is of different roles. They can get into the nitty gritty of different career roles and find out what qualifications they need, what skills they need, what work experience they should be developing. And then, um, because of the employers that we work with, we can then start to showcase the different employers um, that are youth friendly, that have committed to working to our youth friendly principles. And we can then connect those young people to these employers that are are absolutely committed to best practice. (laughs) I like the goodbye dinosaur thinking bit. Hashtag hello construction careers. Yeah, of course. And, you know, and, and we can do, I guess, because our platform is for 14 to 24 year olds, we can take brands that might feel a bit stuffy, that, that might be totally unfamiliar to a young person, and we can bring them to life with really great content. You know, we know how to write content. We know how to talk to young people. Um, and we can do we can do things you perhaps can't do on a corporate um, employer's website because you're recruiting, you know, senior directors as well as your apprentices <laughs> and all the way through. Um, so, yeah. it's a, so it's a great micro site, really, to go, hey, look, young person, you know, we, we, we get you, we understand what you need, and we're here to kind of provide you with a great career opportunity. And that's what young people tell us they want. Um, only 31% of young people from a recent survey we did believed that employers were youth-friendly. So that's 69% of this incredible talent out there that just don't believe there's opportunities with good employers for them. Yeah, that's um, that's not, you know, there's still a lot more sort of work to do there really, isn't there, massively? Um, it would be interesting. I mean, how many um, 
interestingly, how many careers, how many con, con, people from construction employers have you got um, on the, um, you know, who will be classed as youth friendly employers? Not enough. And, I, and we know the sector does great stuff. You know, yeah. employers are doing early careers, inspiration stuff. Yeah, the sector does really good stuff in going into schools and, and providing work experience opportunities or doing careers fairs and events and that you'll have mentoring available and that you do do apprenticeships and you do them really well. So the sector does a lot, but actually what it's not doing is being recognised for what it does and then being able to use that recognition to attract young people. So the youth-friendly employer mark says what it does on a tin to a young person. It says, I'm an employer and I'm youth-friendly. Um, so organisations you know, might be doing all of this stuff, but until, until they're being recognised, that disconnect kind of continues. But there's also stuff that the sector could be doing that that, that could be better, um, you know, and that's not just the construction sector, but but many more. You know, um, a fifth of young people didn't get GCSEs at grade A to C this year, or, or, or sorry, we're now in new money GCSEs, so grades nine to four. Yeah. Pass rate, so old money A to C. A fifth of young people didn't pass those those GCSEs. And yet a standard, we create job descriptions in our businesses requiring five GCSEs at grade mm. A to C. And that doesn't, you know, those, those grades are important and, and for some of are really important and that's fine. But there are roles, of course, that that's not an important grade, grade requirement for. And if the young person's got skills and they're motivated and they can demonstrate that they're going to be hardworking, of course, most employers would value those things too. Um, but we, we get into also pilot when we create job descriptions that actually just turn young people off using acronyms or talking about um, different responsibilities or tasks that they don't know what that means or understand because they tend to be work-based skills that you don't know until you start doing the job. So we provide a lot of support and advice to our members who've got the youth and employer mark on overcoming those barriers. And sometimes it is just looking at your business through the lens of a young person and going, how can we just make this better? Because if you make it better for that young person, they are likely to stay with you, you know, so your retention levels, your recruitment costs go down as your retention increases because you've done it right from the very beginning. And how does that link with apprenticeships? So if there's, um, if there's you know, construction companies out there who want to, to take on an apprentice, like how can they, you know, would they go for your youth-friendly employer mark? Would that attract sort of more young people to, to consider sort of doing an apprenticeship with them? Yeah, we, and we can provide a lot of support to employers who've got recruitment campaigns going on and make sure that we connect them. So we, as I say, we've got 70,000 young people using the site. Um, we have young people who have signed up to our newsletters. So depending on the, the type of engagement an employer wants with us, it, it can just be about them having the mark and then putting that on their website and, and on their job descriptions. It could be then about them accessing our advice and guidance, which, you know, we have plentiful of and um, our members can download work experience booklets and best practice templates and policies company policies around you know supporting young people mentoring advice and guidance so there's a lot of value in that membership 
but then employers who want to raise their brand profile or their opportunities with our youth audience can do as one aim have and create this um, sort of micro site that says to a young person, hey, there's people like me that work here and they want people like me in this business. And, you know, it just lifts that confidence young people might have in terms of then applying for jobs. Okay. And how do, how would an employer um, go about becoming, you know, getting the the youth-friendly employer mark if, if they wanted to go for it? We provide our employer and organisation members with uh, their own community space online uh, where they can download guidance and best practice um, they can go into any of these areas so if you were doing early career stuff as a business or if you were doing work experience you could come in and find out loads of resources in there as to how to maintain being a youth-friendly employer and um, downloading guidance case studies um, access some of our webinars um, that we've got access information about supporting young people um, with disabilities and additional needs um, so all of this support is kind of part of that membership package to being a youth-friendly employer and they can pick up the phone right so yeah yeah they can ring and go do you know what LJ this has happened or you know any I speak to any of my team here and and go you know this has happened or we're thinking about doing this or we want to engage schools in our local area what do you suggest? And they can just unleash huge amounts of advice from the team. You know, I've just been sort of delivering um, fairness, inclusion and respect training for the past couple of days um, with a big contractor in their supply chain. And, you know, pretty much all of the, the you know, the supply chain, the companies were all saying, you know, that they're having challenges sort of attracting young people into their companies and, and also um one of the challenges that we talked about what i talked about in the training was the generational differences between um you know you've got the young the young people and the older people and um i suppose it potentially does go back to the dinosaurs thing that you were saying before but how do you start to sort of create that understanding between you know the the older generation and the, the younger people. So it's a really interesting point. I, I was speaking on a panel for the housing sector and um, housing associations last week, and they had, because they had a conference on intergenerational workplaces. Yeah. So just that issue, exactly. Um, and I was on a panel, in fact, I just emailed him today, um, with um, a colleague from Aging Better. And interestingly, you know, ageing better focus on older workers and, you know, sort of those workers who are having their third or fourth career or, or people who in their sort of 50s are being made redundant, but have got perhaps 15 years left of career and, and lots to give. How, how, do, how do they support them and, and, and people who want to work part time even after they've retired? And, and so we were on the same panel talking about intergenerational working. And actually, we both agreed almost across the board that if you were a youth-friendly employer, you would be a older, you know, older employer-friendly or whatever, um, because actually people just want to be treated fairly and with respect, whether that's a young person or that's an older worker, it's the same principle. So, so having this this sense of what good looks like for young people will allow a business just to be a great employer for all ages. Um, and then when it comes to kind of, I guess, the specifics that you were talking about of how you how you support young people and older workers to work together. Do you know what? I think in quite a lot of cases, that's about, you know, it's about respect, but it's about having real conversations with people to find out, um, to get to know each other, to, to break a, um, and facilitate 
your colleagues of different um, generations coming together to share ideas and insights because just as older workers will have so much brilliant insight and perhaps can step into mentoring roles for younger workers, younger workers can also do the same for older workers as they bring sort of new skills and fresher perspectives. So I think it's about allowing those conversations and allowing time and um, people time to get to know each other. Yeah, just reflecting back on something that you said at the beginning of our conversation, which was about that um, young people don't know what jobs are out there. Um, and that really kind of links with, you know, something that just keeps coming back time and time again is that it, as an industry construction, we aren't selling ourselves enough. Like you said, young people can maybe name a 10 jobs that they could do. Um, and that's probably linked with what they see around them or what their family does or, or whatever. And there was a groundworking company who was there and they were saying that they have a real challenge recruiting young people because groundworks it is a it is a mucky job you know you do have to sort of it, you know you are sort of working in the ground and they tend to find that um they have better um sort of attract better rates of attracting younger people if it's through like a family member or like family of people who are kind of already working there but I guess it just means that the pool that they're sort of going from is, is really really narrow and we were talking about how do you expand it out but kind of you know um I suppose get get people interested in doing something like that you know yeah and and you know you're not alone as a sector every sector yeah. every sector is asking those questions right now you know we have we're at a time of near full employment so it means that the the availability of candidates is smaller and smaller and smaller so every sector is going to be looking and getting creative as to how it might recruit young people how it might do um you know that engagement to ensure that they can fill vacancies um you know in in the short term but also longer term and i think you know for me what you've got to think about is being in the space and place that young people are so there's a couple of things with that is that one you know by using a careers platform like us and and showcasing the different opportunities that you have what we would do you know i mean i, I genuinely have the best content team in the business working for us. We spend no money on advertising our website anywhere and yet have 70,000 young people a month using it. You know, these guys know what they're doing. Um, and so what they would do, and actually they're geeks, you know, you could, you could take that groundwork job and they would geek over how they can make it exciting. You know, they, they would get excited about groundwork. I mean, they get excited about trains. They get excited. Goes, <laughs> they are phenomenal. I think they would get excited about pebble scrubbing and they'd find a way to make, to make that job appealing. You know, we love the world of work here. So anyway, what, what our content team would say is, you know, what young people would want to see is they'd want to see that job brought to life, perhaps using a bit of video, because how do you even process what a ground worker yeah. would do, right, without seeing it? If you don't know anybody that's ever been a ground worker, how do you even begin to comprehend what that means as a job? So maybe it's about creating a little bit of video. Maybe that's a bit of a case study of another young person who looks like me, who, who sounds like me, who, who, who I feel I can relate to talking about that, that that's a job that they have and why they love it and, and how much they've got out of that. And um, so it's about creating those little content pieces, those sound bites. 
and sharing them in a place that young people are already looking. Um, so it's one of the things, you know, quite a few sectors have their own sector-based careers website, but I might not only, I might only ever go to that sector-based careers website um, if I know that I'm really interested in that sector. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People aren't, you know, all grouped onto, you know, um, and I'm, I'm just very careful not to name names, but, you know, they're yeah. not, they're not all going to go onto those sector websites. They're yeah. going to be using a resource like ours that's more open, that's, that, that's more, um, you know, just got the vast array of all different sectors. So you've got to understand where young people are. You've got to provide content in the way that they want it to be. So that's a mix of video, that's a mix of case study. But young people also want to see that they can trust you, that they're going to be treated right because they lack confidence about that so it's about identifying with their needs in that way um, and then the other things that you can do beyond you know getting getting a profile and working with us it might be going into schools and doing a careers talk and um, you know so it, so if you're we tend to recruit from a particular region, build up two or three partnerships with local schools or colleges. And, and schools, it might seem, might seem that they're too, too young in the school setting for, for groundworking jobs. But what we know is if young people get contact with an employer four or more times during their secondary education, they are more confident, more likely to be unemployed than their counterparts who don't get that contact. And, you know, at 16, at 15, we're asking young people to make choices around apprenticeships, T-levels, will be a choice soon, A-levels, B-techs, whatever. So actually, the sooner that you can get in and, and show that you're a, a sector of choice, that it's great pay, that you're looked after, that the prospects are good, et cetera, et cetera, you'll be on that radar for when those young people are making critical business, you know, critical career decisions. So, so also then you're, you're supporting that early pipeline. So there's a lot of things that employers can do. And some employers are really smart at this. Um, and some sectors are further ahead than others. Um, and so the employers that we work with, I would say are those that are already ahead of the game because they, they you know, have, have seen those things already. And we use their best practice and we hear what they're doing and we're able to share that around because actually we should all be sharing that sort of best practice so we can all sectors can benefit all employers should be able to benefit and all young people ultimately would too yeah definitely um yeah because i mean when i was talking um to the be these people yesterday like i'd sort of suggested things like insta stories but i'd said about getting somebody like getting a young person in their sort of company to sort of to do that because you know people want to see role models don't they like, which is what you're saying and they want to see other people like them sort of doing the job and but I guess they want to see people's passion for what they do as well um, and that definitely can sort of come across on video and I think I think part of the challenge is though with some companies it's like they're just not especially the smaller ones like you know they're just not kind of you know that they, they, they haven't got the the tech I suppose knowledge and savviness and you know they're not familiar with all the different platforms and things like that but I guess you know that's a case for like bringing people in who are going to sort of help them do that because I definitely think they, they need to get up to speed with that. 
Yeah, and I think about where I live. So I live in a town where there are not big corporate employers. So, you know, some some areas are, you know, really benefit from having those corporates who have got massive investment, you know, in terms of teams around apprenticeship teams and early career teams, and they've got a CSR agenda. So they do a lot in those spaces and towns um, as an employer. I live in a space where actually it's more medium-sized to small-sized businesses. And you're, you're right that, you know, we are as small businesses, we're, we're time poor for sure. So going out and working out what a good career talk might actually look like or how to prepare an apprentice of yours to go and do a careers talk all of that takes time and energy and connecting with the schools which is what which is where you know having a partnership with an organization like us can save you so much time and money because we can we can prepare all of that for you share the best practice here's a work experience book here's an onboarding book for your new apprentice here's a mentoring book here's a you know and and, and we can yeah. we can just unleash all of that content and support but i think it doesn't matter if if you had an hour a year as an employer to go and to do a talk in a school you should take it and you should do it because it you will just never know how valuable that will be to the one or two people maybe more within that audience that will have be inspired by your passion, be inspired by your sector. So I think there's something that all of us can do. It doesn't have to be huge and you can get the support to do it and do it well. Um, but also, you know, perhaps then there's a call on those bigger employers to do more white label content around some of these careers, you know, ground groundworking. You only need one grounding groundwork video on a website like ours. You know, you don't need every single employer to show what a groundwork job is. You know, you just need those one or two kind of key role videos. So perhaps there's there's more collaboration that can be done across your sector. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. What do you mean by white label content? Well, so I guess if I think, you know, you might have a big corporate employer, about 4 BT, for example, that would create their videos themselves. Which, which would be great, but if, if they weren't then branded Balfour BT, uh, yeah. any of the small employers could tap into that resource if they were going yeah. to school or using something. So Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and that's yeah. what we do with our content. So we write, you know, our guide on work experience, for example, you know, that hasn't got none of our branding on. We give you the Word document, so then actually if you're, you know, you're a small employer and you want to adapt it to your circumstances, you can just have it, right? Because we want to we wanna help more quality experiences and so there's there's something about you know collaborating and for the greater good here oh yeah definitely and i think i think i had a light bulb moment you know when you were talking earlier and you were saying that you know there is a website out there that can or there's probably more than one there definitely is that showcases um careers in construction but if you're not even thinking about a career in construction you're not gonna even go there in the first place so so it's like we need to be the step above that so how do we how do we actually get people interested in a career in construction so they then think oh okay i might look into something else or i might explore this further it's like that that first sort of um interaction really isn't it and i think you know from from what you're saying and from what i'm seeing and from what i know what you do um you are a first interaction for for people for young people coming in and, and there's an opportunity for construction as a sector to to showcase itself more 
and create content for your website yeah absolutely and the thing is we you know some of our other partners that we work with like for example coca-cola that you know that we've we've worked with them really closely over the last year helping them develop their strategy but they 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 will use our site and they'll go to a school and talk to young people they'll talk to young people about careers at coca-cola now that might attract three or four students in the room brilliant but there's another 200 students in that room who, who might then still come to the Youth Employment UK website and go, oh, but I'm more interested in construction. You know, so their interaction happened with Coca-Cola, but you're at least then giving them other options to consider. And so that's the beauty of a site like ours, is that it's, it can suit all of the sectors and all of young people's needs. And, and the more employers on it, the more young people on it, you know, the greater we'll close that, you know, the, the quicker we'll close that gap that exists between employers and young people. So how can, you know, how would, if uh, some people, if they want to, to interact with the Youth Employment UK website, like how would they potentially go about sort of, you know, creating some content that you could use on there to showcase, you know, what, what their sort of um, company does yeah so they'd have to join as a member yeah um, so as a not-for-profit it's the, it's the only way that we work so all our content for schools colleges and young people is free of charge mm-hmm. and so uh, the way that we sustain ourselves then is through the yeah. mark the, so the youth and employer award um but also we wouldn't share content of an employer that's not youth friendly right yeah <laughs> that that's that's who we are so yeah Simply, they can go onto that organisation page and, and download the application form and fill it in and send it to us. They can pick up the phone and ring the office. They can drop me an email. And also, finally, like, what have the you know the benefits been? Like, what sort of you know great stories could you share about um, you know companies that have, have come to work with you and you know the experience that they've had and what the what the sort of results have been. Yeah, so I'll stick with Coca-Cola. Um, the, um, our contact was uh, came to our Ketching office, by the way. We're based in Ketching in Northamptonshire. So if any of your colleagues are around and want a cup of tea and a biscuit, we do that very well here at Youth Employment UK. You can pop in. But, um, so, so we were talking yesterday, actually, about case studying the work that we've done with Coca-Cola because they were, they were doing lots of really good stuff, but it wasn't until they connected with us that they really developed a strategy um, because employers will do really, you know, they'll go out and do school stuff. They'll perhaps have a corporate social responsibility agenda. I think what we do is give those organisations permission to link that, that good work and that corporate social responsibility agenda to their recruitment process and to their, you know, to you can get return on investment from this stuff. You do, you put in a full strategy around youth employment into your business, whereby you think about, you know, really strategically going into certain schools that might be in a catchment area, having certain talks with certain young people within that group, making sure then that those young people that you inspire get first place on your work experience program and making sure then that those work experience students who really benefit from a quality program, those that shine are almost also enrolled into your apprenticeship program. You know, businesses do those three things in different ways 
and very rarely connect them up. So they're very rarely when you go to a careers talk, does a business say, actually, we're doing work experience in six months. Here's, here's the link to apply for it. Or you finished your work experience. You were great. Look, we're going to be recruiting our apprenticeship program in September. Here's the link to apply for it when it happens. So, so what we've done with Coca-Cola is allowed them to develop that strategy that means that Every interaction the young person has with them will be really good quality, whether they want a job at Coca-Cola or not, they'll get some skill development from it. But for Coca-Cola, every of those interactions will be about increasing their talent pipeline coming into their business. So that's a really tangible benefit that Coca-Cola have had from us. Um, another one was one of our um, members was having a recruitment campaign across August over the summer, and we had over 5,000 young people click on the links and the resources we'd created online during that month for that for that brand so you know when we're when we're supporting a recruitment brand an awareness brand we get a lot of traction to that within within a short space of time but also it's about shoring up the quality of the stuff that you're already doing right so i think there's a there's a lot for people to think about here so there's the first of all sort of you know go and have a look at the website looking at what it means to be a youth-friendly employer and then looking at you know um the resources that are available but also how they could potentially be creating content and it sounds like you know you'll be able to to give them some advice about a particular you know a strategy that they, that they might be able to adopt I think it just you know obviously depends on the size of the yeah. organization um, but there'll be definitely things that they could do relatively easily to start engaging more with with young people and um, and widening the the pool of talent that they could actually attract. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're right, you know, there's some big stuff that we can do with with employers who want the big stuff. But there's some really simple basic stuff too. So that you know, that a one man, you know, band business can yeah. engage with us and there'll be some value to that. So so you know, that there's no sizing issue here. There there is something that all of us can do to help this generation coming through. Definitely. And I think, you know, it's just it's it's basically about how, because we've got a lot of small companies in construction, like 96% of the construction industry are SMEs or micro businesses. Yeah. Like it's a massive, massive spread, but it's about being strategic with where you, you, you put your energies. And I think sometimes people can be put off, like if they've tried something and it hasn't worked or they've, had, they've not had a very good experience um, and that can sort of like put them off trying again. But if they've got somebody there who can give them some support and um, sort of talk them through things and, you know, help them to get a different outcome, then I think that's, that's definitely going to be, you know, expanding people's minds. And if, if they can share their, their experiences with this as well, then that's going to encourage other, other companies to get involved too, isn't it? Yeah, and, and absolutely. And if it's just, you know, for, for people in your network who just want to check something, ask something, then, then too, they can just, as I say, pick up the phone and talk to us and the team and we'll, we'll help wherever we can, even if their decision is that we're not right for them. We will have a charity partner, we'll know somebody, we'll be able to signpost them on to something else that, that, that's more appropriate. So um, what we have got to do is we've got to make this country, in my view, a place where every young person can fulfill their potential so you know we can start here absolutely brilliant i think that's a good place to to end this fantastic interview and i think you know it, i don't think the construction industry knows you exist really 
So yeah. if I can, if I can, I mean, I'm sure there's some, some that do, cause I know that you've got people, but the construction industry is massive. So if, you know, if, if I can sort of highlight the work that you, you're doing and, and spread the word, then, you know, I think, I think that's great. So thank you for, for sharing everything with us today. No, and I'm very grateful for your enthusiasm for this area. Thank you very much for your time. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Laura Jane. She's so passionate about her work with young people, which I think really comes across. And I think the biggest takeaway for me was the realisation that targeted construction careers platforms will only be found by people who are looking at career options in our industry. We need to catch their interest in the first place in order for them to want to explore it further. Engaging them the way they want to be engaged with video and case studies is crucial. And as I've heard so many times recently, young people want to see people like them delivering the content so they can see that there's a place for them in that company. Building trust, as we've heard, is also massively important. Building ethical companies is also crucial to attracting the next generation. And next week, I'm going to be talking to Andrew Lee, author of a book called Ethical Leadership. I'll be talking to Andrew about how to build an ethical culture. So I hope you're going to join me next time for the construction revolution. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating to help others find us too. See you next time.